0: just want to start and ask if anybody has been to a fairground and walked through one of those halls of mirrors or a corridor of mirrors. Anybody? Lots of people yeah, brilliant. <laughs> now I find them a bit strange. Um, I remember going with my kids to Southport Beach uh, one time and we went through one of these corridors and for those that haven't been it's like a, either a room or a kind of a maze of these huge great mirrors. Um, and each one of the mirrors has a different perspective or a different distortion of how you see yourself. So you could be going through, you know, thinking you're looking lovely um, as you go in, and then the next one you are like this squashed person on the floor, or this one with a huge head and a small body, or a really long sort of like a, a beam pole type effect. And it's really disconcerting. You go through each one, different one um, as you go through this uh, corridor, and you just find all this strange wonderful um, images staring back at you. Um, I'm always very happy when I've got outside of the um, actual place and I'm gone. no, it's okay, I'm normal, it's fine. (laughs) So uh, yes, very strange experience that. But um, what it means to me is that our perspective of ourselves um, often affects the way that we see ourselves and that we see life around us. And often we can look at the world around us with a perspective of fear rather than of faith. Um, And it's very interesting how each of those um, aspects take us in a different direction. In the Old Testament, Moses um, was chosen by God to lead the Israelites out of the slavery in Egypt into a life in Canaan, which was the promised land that God had promised them that he was going to give them. So they had a, a journey to go on and they were going to go to a specific land which God had for them. In Numbers 13, Moses is instructed by God to send 12 spies into this land um, and have a look round to see what it was like. So you can read the whole of the extract in Numbers 13, verse 1 to 33, but I'm just going to take sections. So in verse 1 and 2, And the Lord God spoke to Moses, saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the children of Israel then verse 21, so they went up and explored the land from the desert of Zin as far as Rehob towards Libu Hamath. And they returned from spying out the land after 40 days. Now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back word to them and all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. So the land was a good land. It had great big fruit. I think they came back and had to carry grapes on a pole because they were so, either so big or there were so many of them. So it was a brilliant land. So they saw that this land was amazing. <clears throat> and then verse 27, when they told them and said, we went into the land where you sent us and it truly flows with milk and honey and this is its fruit. So that's what they brought back to show people. And then later on in in the verses, Caleb quietened the people down before Moses and says, let us go at once and take possession, for we are well over to overcome it. So him and um, Joshua were like, yes, this is a brilliant land. Let's go into this land and take it, because we can see it's great for us, and we are well able to go and conquer the land and all the people that are in the land um, and, and have it as our possession. And God said it, so that's what we should do. But in verse 31... The men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants, and all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak came from the giants, and they. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so were we in their sight. So they, the rest of them, had a completely different view of the land. Although it was good, they thought, no way, it's far too dangerous and far too awful. The people are in there and massive, and they'll just, you know, they'll just destroy us. We can't do it. So they had a totally different perspective from these two um, two categories of people. So on the return, most of the perspectives of the the guys that came back was from a place of fear and negativity and like, no, we can't do this. They looked and they saw the land before them and they saw it with their natural eyes and they were afraid, basically, because it was just, they couldn't, they just thought, no. The men seemed like giants before them and that they just thought they were going to be destroyed and they were afraid of what lay ahead of them. And that was how they saw the actual, um, the land that they were going to go into. So this perspective that they had caused them to live in fear even though God had said something different. So even though God had said, this is the land that you are to go into, he promised it, he told them, and he said, you can do it. You can go into this land. He provided it for them. But their perspective was that they were too small. Their perspective was that they were going to be defeated. It couldn't be done And they couldn't. They just didn't want to do it. They didn't want to live there because it was just too bad. And in verse thirty-three, it says, "There we saw the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so were we in their sight." So they thought that the inhabitants of the land saw them as grasshoppers, which was would be scary enough, wouldn't it, if you thought that everybody was bigger than you, and you know they that's how they saw you. But the worst thing was was that they saw themselves as small as the grasshoppers. And this is what they thought they were. So having, looking out at the land, they saw the perspective of the land, that it was dangerous and horrible, but they also saw themselves as not able to conquer this land. So they thought they weren't good enough. They thought they weren't big enough. They believed they weren't powerful enough to defeat all the inhabitants of the land and conquer it, even though God had said that his promise was that this was their land. So their view of themselves, the way they saw themselves, coloured what they thought was possible, and what they thought was possible with God. And in this situation, the perspective that the spies and the people of Israel had of themselves actually stopped them from going into that land, and it was the next generation that went into the promised land. So what do we think about this? Can it relate to us? What we believe in us, about ourselves and what we believe about God, affects our future, and what we can see is possible with Him, which is quite a startling, scary thing, really, to think that actually how we see ourselves has an effect on how we go forward. But God, God has got so many promises that he wants us to walk in the reality of, in the Bible. There's so many things, so many promises that he says about us and about who we are and about who he is for us and what he wants us to walk in and how he wants us to walk. But we can sometimes hide back and in fear because of what we think about ourselves. and This can stop us from actually moving forward because we think, oh, no, no, I can't do that. That can't can't be true of me. So... What are some of the ways, do you think, that we can see ourselves? So let's imagine ourselves as a grasshopper. How would it make you feel to look like this? (laughs) Apart from green. (laughs) So you said little. Anything else? How would you feel if you were that grasshopper? Insignificant? Vulnerable? Inadequate? Yeah, yeah, loads of them, yeah. I thought similar, actually. Um, I thought overwhelmed, small and insignificant, could feel fearful, of no value, helpless, uh, living in survival mode just to get by and not get squashed on by the boot. Um, Just life is too difficult because it's, you know, you've got this this small mentality. So in, in our lives, are there any situations right now that we can feel like that? That these emotions come up in our, in our life, in our health, in certain relationships, in decisions we've got to make maybe for the future that just seem too big. God's word is where we need to look. God's word tells us the truth of what our perspective should be and can be in these situations when we have these emotions. So when we feel overwhelmed, we go to his word. And his word tells us we are more than conquerors. And when we feel small and intimidated, God tells us that he is with us and that we are mighty warriors. And when we feel insignificant, the truth is that God has called each of us by name and we are his and we are so valuable. And when we feel weak and when we feel of no use, God tells us that we are his workmanship we are created in Christ Jesus to do good works and things that God has prepared beforehand that we can walk in. God is always speaking his perspective over our lives and over our situations. And we need to remind our hearts, because they forget all the time, I think, mine does anyway, <laughs> um, that we've got to remind ourselves of who God says we are and of his perspective of what we're, te- what we're facing when sometimes it would tell you otherwise. When I read about the Israelites calling them, seeing themselves as grasshoppers, it really stopped me in my tracks. It was like, oh, my goodness, that's what I do. Um, yeah, I do it loads. Um, and, yeah, there's been lots of times, so many times that I've just lived, lived fearful of what people might, might think of me, not even what they are thinking of me. If, you know, it'd be easy if they tell me what they thought of me, I suppose. But it, I would worry about what people might be thinking of me. And so that would just be like, oh, my goodness. Um, I've often lived small and hidden back because I feel insignificant. And I felt overwhelmed by the tasks in front of me and full of fear that I can't do what God says that He's got for me. Recently, I went to a C3 European conference, and in one of the sessions, uh, the preacher invited people up to come and get prayer if they struggled with anxiety. So I went forward. I think he mentioned it was, oh, if you've had it since COVID, I was like, oh, I've had it from way longer before then, but <laughs> I'll go up anyway. Um, and, yeah, so I got for I went forward and I got prayed for, and it was good. Uh, but that night, I woke up, I, and I don't usually wake up during the night. I'm usually quite a good sleeper. Um, but I woke up, and I was, like, feeling really, really, like, horribly anxious. It was weird. It was just like, oh. Um, and I just couldn't get back to sleep. I tried to toss and turn or whatever, and I just couldn't go to sleep. Um, so I just sleepily thought right what do I do what do I do um, and I just began to, to speak out over myself out loud um, scriptures that would come to my mind that would be um, effective in this situation that were connected with the situation with what I was experiencing so the scriptures that I did speak out was he that is in me is greater than he that is in the world and I kept speaking that out again and again and I do not have a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And I just kept going, I just kept speaking it out. And there is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. And I'm born of God and the evil one cannot touch me. And I just kept speaking these things out, these scriptures out over myself until finally it, it, I just calmed down and, it, and I went to sleep. And it, it, was, it was quite weird, it was, it was a, a strange experience, but it definitely, I was anxious, I spoke the scriptures out over myself repeatedly, and then the anxiety left and I just fell asleep again. So it, it was, yeah, it was, it, I would say it was a good experience, even though it started off negatively. But since then, I have experienced a lot more boldness than I had been experiencing before, especially in interactions with people. Um, I've been much more relaxed to be me and myself rather than worrying what I think people want me to say or how they want me to be without second-guessing myself afterwards. I used to be like going, oh, no, I've said that wrong. I said that wrong after my conversations. But now it, it's not there anymore, which is amazing. Um, so, yes, praise Jesus. It is, yeah, I have, it's been really a change, very big change in my life. And also, after the conference on the Sunday, um, I was asked with Rosanna to pray for Victoria. Is she here today? No. Oh, okay, her, her husband was here, but <laughs> I think they're up in CC Kids. Um, yeah, so she'd been struggling with anxiety for a number of years, and it had been affecting her sleep quite dramatically. Um, so we prayed for her, and she has let us know after, subsequently that she's gone from an average of sleeping three to four hours a night to generally sleep in about eight hours a night now since then, which is just amazing. So praise the Lord. It's just amazing what God can do and what he wants to do in our lives. He wants to shift things. He wants to move, and he wants to bring his freedom and his peace into our lives, that we can experience that. It's not just an ethereal thing. It's an actual practical thing, that he wants to move in our hearts and in our lives. I would say as well that walking in freedom of God's perspective in my life has also needed to be a choice though. So I had the experience and that changed me, but I wouldn't say I uh, would have not had uh, anxiety after that. It wasn't that it would just went, it was that something shifted, but I had to then walk in it. So when things have happened since then, and I've had, uh, I don't know, a temptation maybe to be anxious, you know, a situation would come up and my immediate reaction would be, oh, my goodness, oh um, Then that's when I have to turn to God's word and say, right, no, this is who I am. This is what God says to me and what, what he says about me and what he says about himself in those situations. And that's where I've seen that I've had to keep going back to God and keep going, no, this is the right perspective, this is the truth, and that's helped me to walk in his truth rather than just walk in the anxiety, anxiety feeling. And it, I'm learning to do that more and more because, I mean, sometimes it would, you know, oops. sometimes life just goes and you don't notice what's going around your head, but I've definitely been choosing to go back to the word of God in those situations and remind myself of what God says. And this is how we walk by faith because this is doing it by faith and not by sight. Hebrews 10, verse 39 says, But we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. So we don't have to be those who shrink back, because we belong to those who live by faith, and so we can access God's promises for our lives, because they're for us. So we can endure. So we can live by faith. And this is who we are. As believers, This is our identity in Jesus. And this is who we are as God's children. This is what he's got for us. This is the promised land of what he has for us to walk in these things. And he invites us to walk in the truth of that every day, every minute of the day. And this truth is for us because it's a firm foundation. When we have everything else, it's all slippery and, you know, anxiety goes off and you go into a whirlwind, but this is the firm foundation that we need to stand on because it anchors our soul and it anchors our heart to his truth and the truth of his love. So if we have, any of us here, have been experiencing anxiety in our lives or if we need a breakthrough in seeing ourselves as God sees us, if we want to experience that freedom that God, of his perspective, in our lives, then afterwards, during the next song, Um, I would like to pray with you um, and just ask for a breakthrough from God to move in our lives. And if you're here and you've never invited Jesus into your life to receive a personal relationship with God and you would like to do that, or if you'd like to come back to God, or if you'd like to have the assurance that you will go to heaven at the end of your life, I'm going to pray in a moment, so please join with me from your heart as I pray. So if we just bow our heads. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you died on the cross for my wrongdoings. I thank you that you died to save me and bring me into a right relationship with you. Please forgive me for the things I've done wrong in my life and help me to walk in the freedom of being your child. In Jesus' name, amen.